Well, Daniel O'Sullivan, he's regarded as one of the best ratings expert in the country. His database is just incredible. Of course, the Ratings Bureau and BetSmart.Racing. And I so want to ask him about a lot of horses here in the Melbourne Cup. Thanks for joining us, Daniel. Yeah, hi, Steve. Happy Melbourne Cup Day. Yeah, thank you. Same to you. Hi. Just with Gold Trip, I mean, his form's impossible to knock. People look at the weight, but, gee, you'd think he'd have to run in the top four or five if he gets average luck. Yeah, I agree with that. He's, he's one of those horses. It's impossible to see that he doesn't run well. Um, I'm sort of of the opinion there's a lot of talk that he's going better this year than last year. I don't believe that's true. Um, I think last year the Turnbull Stakes, uh, Caulfield Cup and Cox Plate were all slowly run and developed into sprints home. Um, he showed in the Melbourne Cup that he relishes more the, more the stamina test. Uh, and this year, in, in contrast to last year, the Turnbull, Caulfield Cup and, and Cox Plate have all been strongly run races, um, especially the Turnbull and Caulfield Cup. And I think that's allowed him to show more of his true form, which we didn't see last year. So um, I think he's going every bit as well uh, this year as, as last year. And he, his peak performance for me is still in the Melbourne Cup, so I expect him to run very close to that level. Um, that's going to put him somewhere right in the finish. Um, whether it's quite good enough to win, I've got a slight query about. Um, but look, it'd be no surprise to see him do the double. Uh, he's definitely one of the, the key winning chances in the race. And as you said, I mean, his reliability and, and the fact that he's proven uh, in this race last year um, highlights him as, as a horse that you know, he's almost a lock for, for the top four, I think, unless something unexpected happens. Michael Moroni, we had him on. Daniel, he's, you know, optimistic the horse will get to the post. Just a bit of a hiccup with a hoof and so on Alan Kerr. But he was solid, ridden, conservative last start. But And he beat State of Rest previously, a couple of seasons ago. Um, Cox Plate winner. But what do you make of him, Alan Kerr? Give him any hope? Oh, I'll give him none. None in the Melbourne Cup, to be honest. Um, which, which is... A bit of a shame because this horse came to Australia from Europe with very, very high credentials. He had some seriously good Group 1 weight for age form over there. Um, he, he sort of, in his last two runs overseas, he sort of dropped off a little bit. And then from the time he arrived in Australia, he's just never found form, um, which uh, yeah, must be sort of very puzzling because he's a very, very talented horse. Um, but yeah, on his lead-up form, his preparation, he's got nothing there that, that's consistent with horses that have either won or run a place in the Melbourne Cup in the past. Well, Daniel Vauban, you can understand why punters are gravitating to him. He's just, what you see looks terrific. How does he rate with you? You know, big rent at Royal Ascot and then, of course, the Bally Rowan sitting just off one out, one back, getting the job done last start. Yeah, look, Steve, I think he's clearly the horse to beat. Um, it's no revelation there because it's very well publicised um, how he comes to this race. But, yeah, look, as, as early as May 2022, Willie Mullins was talking about the Melbourne Cup in 23 for this horse. Uh, so it has been a long-term plan to get here. Um, he's quoted as also saying he's mindful of doing enough to qualify for the race while making sure that the horse um, doesn't do too much to, to ensure he gets a handicap weight that he can still win. Uh, so this, you know, he turns up here as the culmination of a long-term plan um, in career peak form um, with the best rating profile in the race across his last two starts. Um, it's, not, it's not a dominant edge over the other top chances, um, but the combination of his last two is very strong. And um, because this race has been such a long-term plan, I also think he presents here with excellent prospects to, to turn up and, and run the race of his life, run a new career peak, and, and that's a vital ingredient in, in winning the Melbourne Cup. Uh, he's got Ryan Moore, one of the best jockeys in the world. Uh, he's drawn a good barrier. He's got tactical speed. He's got a turn of foot, and and he can stay. So there's, there's, I guess the only thing you could you could possibly doubt about this horse is, is whether the um, 
the buzz and excitement at Melbourne Cup Day and the crowd and, and all those sort of things, whether he can get to the jump sort of nice and relaxed. But on everything else, he's super hard to beat. Um, some support for other runners in the race in the last 24 hours has seen him get out to sort of better than $4 in the market now. And I think that's becoming, you know, almost an appealing price to a horse when you take into account all risks and, and things like that. Um, because I think, yeah, he clearly is the horse to beat and, yeah, it'd be no surprise to see him win. Even his jumps runs were good and that horse had been winning those jumps and beating him was a stable mate called State Man. He's one of the star jumpers, or the star jumper. I think he's won four or five grade one races. Um, that's a bit about Vaban. Just back to without a fighter horse that we got to see in Queensland. I backed him last year. I put him in the mix and when the Crisfords had him and he had the right run and he travelled nice, but obviously the track was to his detriment, maybe a few other circumstances. He was beating up on small fields and... I remember going, this is going to last year, and I remember at the time watching him thinking, gee, this horse will excel when he get, finally gets a bit of pace on. What about without a fight here? Number three now, the Freedmans, as we know. Yeah, he's another one of the key winning chances. Again, he's hard in the market, so it's no, um, not telling anyone anything they don't know there. But look, his Caulfield Cup win was excellent. He was only second up there off a, a slowly run uh, Underwood lead up. It was a brutally run Caulfield Cup, very fast, high-pressure race, and, and he was the strongest one. He made good ground around the outside, and the turn kept surging in the straight to, to win narrowly, but, but convincingly in the end, I think. Um, and just a few things that I look for with late indicators for horses stepping up in distance gives every reason to think that 3,200 metres won't be a problem for this horse. Um, his most impressive wins uh, overseas before coming here were over 2,800. Uh, so he's got that in his favour. Um, he brings a, a strong last start rating, as, as good as all the other top chances in the race. Um, given his third up into this race, uh, he has still has some prospects to improve, you'd have to say. Uh, he's going to get a good track, which he likes. Um, so, yeah, look, he's right in the race as, as a you know, great chance to, to do what is becoming a very, very rare double. Um, the only... Uh, it's, it's certainly not a knock, but just in ordering the chances for me, I think from that barrier, he's going to get quite a way back in the field. And I think he'll be giving a head start, uh, a decent head start to Vorban and, and perhaps some other chances that are going to be racing in the, definitely in the front half of the field and possibly even in, in the front um, third of the field. But yeah, look, he, he presents a, a great chance in this race. And, and if anyone wanted to back him, then I certainly wouldn't talk you out of it. I'm going to give this horse a chance, certainly first four for sure, uh, break up. I know he's drawn awkwardly, and you might watch the Caulfield Cup and say, oh, well, that was okay. He got a bit tight for room, and he was giving ground late in the race, but I just went back and looked at some of his Japanese form uh, through a horse called Justin Palace, who's run placings in recent times to the star, Equinox, who you know all about. Daniel, do you, do you give him a chance? He's proven at the trip. Yeah, look, for me, he's one of those horses, to be honest, that I won't be shocked if he wins. I've got him as like a fringe contender. Uh, in the Melbourne Cup, every year, it's it's so easy to make a case for half of the field because you get a lot of fringe contenders that um, could win, could improve, you know, all sorts of various angles around that. Um, but look, yeah, on that Caulfield Cup run, um, he sort of doesn't meet some important things that, that I look for. Um, so even though he'll improve, I sort of look past him as a as a key winning chance. Um, but look, yeah, it wouldn't surprise. I mean, the Japanese form is, is obviously good and, and there's a bit of an aura around that. Um, uh, my observation is he is quite one paced. Um, so I do sort of question whether, uh, even though he is you know, a, a Japanese uh, contender, whether he's got the, the turn of foot to, to win under our conditions. Um, but look, from that barrier, I expect that they ride him forward. Um, he has he has raced right up on the lead in some of his past runs. 
um, I'd expect them to press forward and, and his best chance is possibly sort of racing up on the lead and then really trying to make it a, a tough and dour staying test where his ability to stick on can, can sort of come to the fore. Um, if he's held up in any sort of way, then he's not the sort of horse I can see sort of out sprinting them from, from the 800 metre mark. Solcombe's a fascinating runner. He's by Frankel, mm-hmm. gun jockey Jay Marrera, drawn well. Uh, we all remember that extraordinary win in York before he came here for William Haggis when he had to zigzag through the field and he smashed them over 2,800. Then he came first run for Waller. He bolted in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes there, beat Luncey's, <laughs> who's a handicapper. But look, he, mm-hmm. he misses the kick. They've taken the blinkers off, hoping he jumps better. What do we make of him, Solcombe here? Yeah, look, another horse that it wouldn't shock you if he if he won the Melbourne Cup because he's always promised that that he could be a good stayer. Um, but for me, he's just not quite doing enough. Um, I think for a Melbourne Cup, you need to turn up. History shows you need to turn up in great form. Um, you know, able to do everything right, and and this horse doesn't quite meet that criteria for me. Um, I thought, yeah, he. Missed the start hopelessly in the Caulfield Cup, but even taking that into account, I felt he was still perhaps entitled to do a little bit more, uh, particularly in the way that he finished off. And, and he was still beaten five and a half lengths. It's not like he missed the start by six and was only beaten a length and a half or two. So um, I think Flemington and the extra trip definitely suits. Um, I think Joe Marrera is potentially an X factor for his supporters. Um, they don't call him the magic man for nothing. Um, and yeah, look, if he jumps uh, and he holds a reasonable position from barrier four, then yeah, I'd expect him to run very well. And as I said, I won't be shocked if he wins, but from a betting perspective, I have to work around him. I've said on the air the last couple of weeks, Absurd gets big respect with me given, you know, the e-ball with Heartbreak City, Purple Moon coming out of that, running well in the cup and over-racing at Royal Ascot and actually finishing off after pulling himself into the ground. And even last start when he won at York, he beat a Sweet William. Uh, who came out and ran well behind True Shan. That's one of about 15 races, and he beat home Script Rider, who races here as Maul Fallons. Mm-hmm. You give him a chance, don't you? Absurd, number seven. Yeah, I really like him. I think he's the best value in the race, uh, and he's going to be my second pick um, behind the stable mate, Bourbon. And um, What I like about this horse is that he was, back in May this year, he was transferred to the Willie Mellon stables, previously um, in French stable. Um, he immediately won a race over the jumps, just a low-level race. But then on the flat, he uh, ran at Royal Ascot and he was second to Vauban that day. Uh, he was seven and a half lengths behind, which when you look at that, it's very easy to dismiss. But the circumstances of that race, it was controlled up on the speed by Vauban. They went very moderately through the early stages. Um, absurd was a long way back in the field, cluttered among runners and, and sprinted some really nice sectionals to run past every other horse to, to get up late for second. Um, still well behind Vauban, but it was a nice effort. Um, he then had another run over the jumps and then came back to the flat in the e-ball um, and showed big improvement. That was a tremendous win. He jumped from barrier 22. He raced wide without cover. Uh, he still kicked in the straight to, to sort of um, take control of the race and then showed really good fight when he was challenged late to hold a half-length margin in the line. Um, that, that rating there, he carried 60 and a half there, drops to 53 here. Um, that rating is... Very competitive in this race. Uh, and what I like was the improvement that he made from his first flat run for Willie Mullins to his second run uh, in the e-ball there gives me the impression that you know he may still be on an upward trajectory for this new stable. And as I said before, I mean, the ability to turn up to the Melbourne Cup and run a new peak on the day has been such an important key to winning. Uh, and I think this horse brings a competitive rating and clearly the potential to come here and, and maybe improve again for Willie Mullins. So... 
Uh, look, he's got Zach Pert, another world-class jockey, who was recently quoted in a podcast as saying the Melbourne Cup's the race he most wants to win uh, in his career, that he hasn't already won. Um, he's drawn well for him. He's got a bit of tactical speed to, to hold a reasonable position. Uh, and, yeah, I expect him to run very, very well in this race. Yeah, and what I like, too, I mentioned he over-raced at Ascot when the pace went off there, but he actually, even though he's wide on speed, he actually relaxed well. He actually sat on the bridle for a long way there at York when they all got to the outside rail uh, in the Ebor. So that's number seven, absurd. A couple here at odds uh, back from injury. Of course, they both suffered injuries, which we're going to elaborate on with Lee Everson shortly. But right you are, Val and Declare, we know he's racing really well. Would you give those horses a chance, or even Cleveland for that matter? Um, yeah, right. You are not so much. Or Cleveland, Valen Declare, I think can run really well. I think he's, I think he's flying this horse. Um, he was. We saw when he got a high pressure in the Turnbull how good he was. Second to Gold Trip there. Um, he was wide and very good in the in the Mooney Valley Cup. Um, so yeah, look, he he's got the you know general class level. I think he needs to run well in the Melbourne Cup, um, sort of free of handicaps. And then he's getting in with a very appealing weight of, of 53 kilos. So. Look, I can't see him as a key winning contender, but I would not be surprised at all if, if he ran a place, which would be a great story after uh, winning the race um, back in 2019. Um, so, yeah, look, hopefully he can run well. It'd be great to see. And, and he comes in, you know, the best possible form I think he could to do that. Yeah, even that second alligator blood. I mean, he was so good in the Cox Plate subsequently. And Jewish behind was so good in the Cox Plate um, subsequently. That's Val and Declare. Uh, Cleveland, uh, Lloyd sort of rates him as a fringe player, maybe, you know, run top half a dozen or so. What do you think? Number 10. Yeah, I think so. It wouldn't yep. surprise me to, to see him run, yeah, sort of top top six, top eight, top ten. Um, I think it was clearly his, his uh, Mini Valley Cup win was clearly his best performance in Australia so far. Um, and, you know, he's got, you know, some slightly high ratings from, from overseas. So, yeah, he turns up in, in, you know, career best form as far as Australian form is concerned. And, and that's a... Um, you know, a really positive indicator. Um, so, yeah, I probably couldn't see him winning, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him run well. These two horses are going to touch on. Both have run well in the Cups previously. Ash ran a couple of years ago, was terrific before that tendon injury. And Darsh and Sweet Jr. certainly wasn't hopeless last year, finding the, 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 the line in a determined manner. Do you give them any, any chance, 11-12? I think Ashran could run a, a reasonable race. Um, look, before he, uh, before he ran in the race, uh, in 2020, which is a long time ago now, he had that very long-term injury. Look, he, he came from overseas with some really good form. Um, you know, went went to the Melbourne Cup behind Twilight Payment, just had no chance from wide barrier, got a long way back, and, and actually ran home pretty well to be beaten less than five lengths that year. Um, so, yeah, look, he's been gradually building for Maren Eustace, this, um, this preparation, improving his ratings with each run, uh, and he turns up here with no weight on his back. Um, he's a good form over 3,000 metres prior to coming to Australia. So, yeah, he's definitely a horse that at big odds I could see running a running a reasonably competitive race. All right, well, I'm just going to mention some horses. So just tell me to stop if you think some of these horses uh, should go in the mix. Uh, Akita Sushi, number 13. No. Shiraz, 14. No. The French import we haven't seen here in Australia, Latochka now with Price and Kent Jr., Yes, most definitely. Her last start, um, win at Longchamp over 3,100, sort of returned to, you know, with 51 kilos here, returned a rating that could see her run very well in the race. Um, Craig Williams, great jockey for Melbourne Cup. I think she'll go all forward from that wide draw and sort of race somewhere up on the speed and, and she can stick on, so it wouldn't surprise to, to see her run a good race. What about Magical Lagoon for Yulong? 
Uh, no. Mm. Military mission. I mean, she won a Newcastle Cup. I know behind there, I know they didn't have a lot of luck, was Cleveland and uh, and Carla Poor. Uh, do you give, and racing well, but do you give the horse a chance? Military mission. Um, look, I, I don't. Um, I know that the stable is very bullish about how well he's going. Um, I had lunch yesterday with, with one of the owners in, in military mission, and, and they're very you know, optimistic that the horse can run well but while sort of being realistic. Um my perspective, I think he's been found out a couple of times when the pressure's really been on in, in a race. So, yeah, that's just a, a little sort of query for me. But, um, yeah, the stable's certainly giving him a good push to, to run top six. You know, Serpentine last year was giving ground on the bend. You've got Virtuous Circle here, 18-19. Yeah, no. Yeah. This horse interests me, Daniel. Moore Fallon's number 20, previously script rider. Yeah, look, he was... Uh, his first run was in the Geelong Cup for, for Chris Waller um, after coming from... from couple of decent runs overseas. He uh, ran a good race at, at York, and then he was you know, three lengths behind Absurd in, in the E-ball. Uh, his Geelong Cup run was actually quite good. He got a long way back, and, and people that look at sectionals will, will have definitely found him uh, with the sectionals that he ran home. I, I thought just at the, the finish of the race there, he, he sort of stopped on his run just the last few strides. Um, so I think he'll definitely be fitter for that performance. Um, the extra ground's very much in his favour. Um, look, from, from that barrier, I don't know where he's going to get to. I'd be surprised if he could give them all a, a big start and run them down to win, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him running on to finish, um, you know, top six, top eight, something like that. All right, well, that's more Fallon's. A couple of these horses I'll mention are racing well, but have they got the class? Future history, interpretation, Carla Paul. Um, future history, I think, reminds me a little bit of Floating Artist a few years ago in the year, I think, a uh, very elegant one for, for Mara and Eustace Stable. I mean, just... Uh, Racing well in sort of lower races, but just gradually sort of improving. Um, he won his way into this race a couple of starts ago. I think it was the Bart Cummings. Um, he was, you know, ridden conservatively in, in the Mini Valley Cup. Um, so, yeah, he, he's a horse that I could see um, yeah, finishing top four. Um, I'd be surprised if he won, but I think he can run well because he's, he's on the up and, and he profiles like a horse that could turn up here and, and run a new peak with his lightweight. That's number 21, Future History. So in summary, Daniel, can you give us sort of six that we should throw in the mix there for all those exotics in this wonderful race of ours? Yeah, yeah sure. So I would say um, Vorban and Absurd are clearly uh, my two best in, in the race, especially from a betting perspective. Um, without a fight and gold trip, you, you can't leave out of, of exotics because I think they both set up to really well, uh, to run really well. Uh, if you're then looking for, for a couple of longer odds to, to throw into the mix, so I would definitely put uh, number 15, Lestochka, number 9, Bound Declare, and number 21, Future History. I'll just mention those. Five Vauban, seven Absurd. You touched on without a fight, the three and one goal trip. But some of these are good odds, Daniel. Now, the 15, Lestochka, nine, Bound mm. Declare, and number 21, their Future History. I love talking to you every year, and thanks for giving us so much of your time, Daniel. My pleasure, Steve. Yeah. Good luck to everyone. Terrific form analyst, ratings expert, Daniel O'Sullivan, joining us in our Cup Eve preview, Racing HQ.